Kathy Davidson, and I would like you to join me from here at Water of Life Church in Plano, Texas, as I minister the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus, which is the power of God. The Lord would say to you, come out, come out, come out of your daily lives, come out of your love for the world, come out, come out, love the gospel, love Jesus. Love the Word of God. Come out. Come out, saith the Lord. Come out from your housework and your projects and your children and your career and your life without me. Come out. Come out and come in to the gospel. Come in to the power of God. Come in to the kingdom where I take care of your wife, your children, your husband, your job, where I take care of you and you walk with me, saith the Lord. Father, I thank you. Open our ears that we can hear. Open our eyes that we can see. Open our hearts like you did for Lydia, that we can attend unto the things which are spoken. Turn us from darkness to light, from the power of Satan unto you. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. If we will go to 1 Peter 3. Likewise, you wives, be in subjection to your own husbands, that if any obey not the word, they also may without the word be won by the conversation of the wives. While they behold your chaste conversation coupled with fear. Is adorning, let it be that outward adorning of plaiting of the hair or wearing of gold or putting on of apparel. But let it be the hidden man of the heart. This is what we're after. The hidden man of the heart and that which is not corruptible, even an ornament of a meek and a quiet spirit, which in the sight of God is of great price. And God can get us there. When you look at those words, sometimes you think there is no way you're going to get me to be meek and quiet, but he can do it. God is able. God is able. Turn with me to John 10, 35. This wonderful verse. If he called them God's Jesus speaking, unto whom the word of God came. And this is what I want after. And the scripture cannot be broken. The word of God will not change. If you can get your faith in the word of God, you will get what you're after. And we're going to find out today what we're after. The word of God cannot be broken. With that, turn with me to 1 John 4, verse 19. So whatever is written in this word cannot be broken, cannot change. You ready? Verse 19 of chapter 4, 1 John. We love him because he first loved us simple words but can you see them can you see them with your eyes we love him because he first loved us don't ever forget that the reason you're here the reason you're listening isn't because you love God it's because he loved you first he loved you first when you are trying to walk with God and you are frustrated with your own flesh and your own heart and everything you think you're never going to get there. This is so frustrating. What am I going to do with me? 
I told God once, I'd get rid of me if I could, but I'm the only one I got. When you were there, God first loved you. He first loved you. That is a big difference. You think, well, you're coming to God because you found out about him and you loved him. And then he loved you. No, the word of God can't be broken. And you know when he loved you? When you were your worst. He loved you anyway. He loved you when you hated God. He loved you anyway. Don't ever forget that. When you are trying to walk with God and you run into the walls, don't bother about the walls. Keep going. The walls will come down. Why? Because he loved you first. He loved you first. All right? Now we can get into our message. We are talking about faith. I love it because you know what? You're going to get the answers that you've been looking for. I'm going to tell you today what to put your faith in. And your life, if you don't know it already, your life will change today. How many times have we said, well, if I just knew what to believe, I'd believe it. Or if I just knew what to put my faith in, I'd do it. Well, I'm going to show you today how to do it. It's so simple. But our eyes have to be open to it. But the answer is in the Bible to every problem you have. The answer is in the word. Now, we will start with Romans 10. We're going to read a couple verses that we've gone through last week. I'm going to begin in 10 verse 14. And this is the apostle Paul talking. How is it then they call on him and whom they have not believed? How is it they believe in him and whom they have not heard? And he's talking about Jesus. He said, and how shall they hear without a preacher? I want you to notice here, you got to hear. I start with the prayer, open our ears that we can hear. That we hear without a preacher. And how shall they preach except they be sent? You need to know if the preacher you're listening to is sent. As it is written. Now look at this. What are we preaching? What are we hearing? How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace. So Paul was talking about somebody had to hear. Somebody had to be sent so they could hear. And somebody had to preach when they were sent. And it says here what he had to preach. The gospel of peace. That's what he was preaching. The gospel of peace. And bring glad tidings of good things. Now look at the next verse. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. They have not all obeyed the gospel. Paul is talking about the gospel. He's not talking about anything else. He's talking about the gospel. He said, this is what you need to hear. This is what needs to be sent. And this is what they need to preach. They need to preach the gospel. He said, for Isaiah saith, Lord, who hath believed our report? So then. So then what? So then what are you supposed to hear? What are they supposed to be sent for? And what are they supposed to preach? The gospel. So then, faith cometh by hearing. Faith cometh by hearing. Faith cometh by hearing what? The gospel. The gospel. Faith cometh by hearing what? The gospel. Where are you going to get your answers? In the gospel. Faith cometh by hearing the gospel. We are instructed here to read the Psalms as prayers. You know what's all through the Psalms? The gospel. The gospel is what we're after. Now, turn with me to Romans 1. 
So now we know faith cometh by hearing the gospel. Verse 16, Romans 1. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. This is the apostle Paul sent to the Gentiles. And he spoke to the Jews. He said, I am not ashamed. I'm not afraid to use it, is what that word means. I'm not afraid to trust in it. I'm not afraid to trust in the gospel. Why? For it is. It is. Say, what is the object of the pronoun? It. What is it? The gospel. The gospel is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. The gospel is the power of God unto salvation. That word salvation is not just born again. It is everything you need. The gospel is the power to get what you need. Do you see that? Where is the power? It's in the gospel. Where is the power you need? It's in the gospel. It's in the gospel. The power is in the gospel. All right. Now we go on. To everyone that believeth. To everyone that believeth. You got to believe it. But when you believe it, there's the power. To everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. From faith to faith. The just shall live by faith. And only faith pleases God. Hebrews eleven six. Only faith pleases God. Why? Because that's how God does it. The just shall live by faith. So now we know we have to live by faith. And we have to hear to get faith. And what do we have to hear to get faith? The gospel. It is that simple. God didn't make it hard. Now, we're going to go to the bona fide definition of the gospel. So that we don't have any confusion. We don't want any confusion. We want things straight and lined up. And a foundation built so we know that we know that we know how to get done what we need done. If you see God sets you up, your life is a list of situations so that you'll learn how to use your faith. And you cannot say, you cannot say that you have no faith. If you are born again, you have faith. Ephesians 2 says, it is by grace that we are saved through faith, which is a gift of God. God gave you faith when you were born again. You have faith, but I will tell you, it's going to take effort to use it. It's going to take effort to walk in it. You cannot walk with God and not use your faith. You cannot walk with God and be lazy. You will stay in the predicament that you are in. And you know what the amazing about God is? He will let you stay there. Do you know he let the Jews sit in the wilderness for 40 years? They never went in. And it didn't bother God one little bit. If you want to stay in the wilderness, you go right ahead and stay. But I want the promised land. I want what was given to me in that gospel. And to do that, it's going to take effort. And just like the Spirit of God said in the beginning of the program, you're going to have to come out. Now, 1 Corinthians 15, we're going to find the bona fide definition of the gospel here. It says, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel. He's declaring the gospel, which I preached unto you. See what Paul preached? He preached the gospel. 
And wherein you received, you have to receive it, and wherein you stand. You stand in the gospel. Do you see that? You stand. Another word for stand is put your faith in. That's what you put your faith in. You stand in the gospel, by which also you are saved when you stand in it. By which also you are saved if you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain. There's no such thing as once saved, always saved. It just kills it right here. Verse 3, here's the definition. For I delivered unto you first of all, which I also received. Christ died for our sins, according to scriptures, and that he was buried. And that he rose again the third day, according to the scriptures. There is your gospel. There is what you need to hear. There is what you need to believe. There is what needs to be preached. The gospel. That Jesus died for our sins, according to the scriptures. That he was buried. And that he rose again the third day, according to the scriptures. There is what you put your faith in. Let's go to Isaiah 53. And I'm going to show you why. I'm going to answer some questions like I had years before. It's chapter 53. It begins, who has believed our report? Well, that's what Paul said in Romans 10. Isaiah saith, who has believed our report? We know because of what Paul said in Romans 10, this is the gospel. He said, because Isaiah saith, who has believed our report? Well, this is it right here. Here's the report. Now, for time, I'm going to start in verse 4. It says, surely Jesus, this is Jesus on the cross. Surely Jesus has borne our griefs that were to sickness and carried our sorrows that were to pain. Pain, sickness and pain. Do you see right here in the gospel, we have Jesus on the cross. And he is bearing our sickness and our pain. Jesus on the cross. When we look at that cross, he has our sicknesses on him. He's got them all, folks. He's got your cancer. He's got your heart problems. He's got your brain tumor. He's got your women's problems. He's got your mental problems. He's got every sickness. He's got every disease. He's got arthritis. He's got all of those are on this body. Do you see that? It is written, and the word of God cannot be broken. It says, surely, surely he has borne them. That's the word of God saying surely. If the word of God says surely, then it's surely. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. We did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. There's your sin. There's every wicked thing you have ever done. There's every wicked thing you've thought. But he has wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. Everything you have ever done is on this body. Jesus died for our sins according to the scriptures. All your sins, all of them, even the ones you did this morning, were on that body. There's your sins. Now the next thing, the chastisement of our peace. The chastisement, the punishment, the correction for our peace. It says, was upon Jesus. That peace, that includes your safety. That includes your welfare. That includes your prosperity. 
That includes your health. It was all put on the body of Jesus. It says the chastisement, the punishment, the correction to get you that. To get you safety. To get you welfare. To get you peace with God. To get you prosperity. That correction to get it was put on the body of Jesus. That's where it went. That's where it was paid for. Jesus took the punishment so you could have that. Did you even know that safety and security was in the gospel? It's right here. Look up the word peace. Study it out. It means safety. It means benefits. It means welfare. It means peace. It means everything and the punishment for it Jesus took. And with his stripes. And with Jesus' stripes, he took the scourge, folks, and he took it for us. He took the scourge, and he took it for us. And you know, when he took that scourge, every sickness, every injury, every pain was paid for, was paid for when he took the scourge, and Jesus took it for you. He took it for you. So now we have all our sins on that body. We have all our sicknesses, all our diseases, all our pains on that body. We've got what is needed for our safety, for our welfare, for our prosperity, for our peace with God on that body. And then he took the scourge for our sicknesses and diseases. And you know what else that included? Every curse. Every curse. Jesus died on the tree, and it is written, every man that dies on the tree is cursed. Jesus took every curse. Your family has the curse of cancer. Jesus took it. Your family has a curse of poverty. Jesus took it. He paid for it. He became the curse for you. Is it any wonder? It says he was marred more than any man. It's because he had everything that you had done and deserved on his own body. And everything that I have done and deserved went on that body. And you know what? He was glad to do it. He loved us so much. He said, I'll go. I'll go and I'll do it for you. I'll go and I'll do it for you. Now. Where do we put our faith? We're not done yet. In 1 Corinthians 15, the gospel is that Jesus died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, and you cannot ever forget that he was raised again by the scriptures. Jesus died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he was raised again according to the scriptures. I'm going to show you exactly where you put your faith exactly where you put your faith. We will continue. I'm going to begin in verse 10, Isaiah 52. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. Do you see that? It pleased God to do this to Jesus. It pleased the Father. Look at those words. If you don't have your Bible with you, if you're listening to radio, go home and look at these words. It says it pleased the Father to bruise him. It made God happy to do this 
Why? Because he knew Jesus was doing it for you. He knew Jesus was doing it for me. He knew Jesus was doing it for us, and he knew we couldn't do it. We couldn't do it. So God sent Jesus to do it for us. He said it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He has put him to grief. And that is made sick. When thou shalt make Jesus' soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days. And the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. And this is where I want to get to. He shall see the travail of his soul. God shall see the travail of Jesus' soul. God saw Jesus paying on the cross. You know, at one point, God had to turn his back on Jesus because God cannot look on sin. And Jesus became our sin. God saw Jesus suffer. He saw the travail of Jesus' soul. Jesus didn't do this as a God. Jesus couldn't do this as a God. Gods can't die. Jesus had to die. He had to be a man like you and me to pay for a man's sin. Jesus did this as a man. And God saw a man's travail with your sin and my sin and the sickness of the world and the curses of the world and everything that man had done against God, God watched Jesus suffer. He watched Jesus suffer for you and I. And then what happened? It said he saw the travail of Jesus' soul and he was satisfied. Do you see that? Do you see that? That sacrifice that Jesus made carrying your sin, your sickness, your poverty, your safety, all of that. God saw the travail of Jesus' soul and he was satisfied. Who was he satisfied with? He was satisfied with the sacrifice for you. You didn't even ask Jesus to sacrifice himself, but he did it anyway. And the father saw that sacrifice and he was satisfied. Do you hear that word satisfied? If I eat a big steak dinner and I'm satisfied, I don't need any more steak. If I wanted a piece of cherry pie and I ate a cherry pie, and I was satisfied. I don't need any more cherry pie. God saw the travail of Jesus' soul, and he was satisfied. He was satisfied. He doesn't need anything else from you. Do you see that? He was satisfied with what Jesus did in your place. He was satisfied. I wonder if God will heal me. He was satisfied with the sacrifice Jesus made with your sickness. He was satisfied. He was satisfied with Jesus paying for your sin. So why do you feel condemned? God was satisfied. He was satisfied. He was satisfied with what Jesus did for you. There is where you put your faith. 
there is where you put your faith. Not only that Jesus had your sin on the cross, but that Jesus satisfied the Father concerning that sin. There's where your faith goes. My daughter is sick. Jesus bore her sickness, and God was satisfied with that payment. There's where you put your faith. God is satisfied. I need a job, and I can't get one. Jesus paid for your prosperity. Then he put it on his own body, and you know what? God was satisfied. There's your job. There's where you put your faith in. God was satisfied. I need delivered from an addiction. Jesus bore that addiction, and he paid for it dearly. He went to hell for it. And you know what? God was satisfied. He was satisfied. He saw Jesus travail, and he said, that's enough. That's enough. God doesn't need any more. You can't feed God anymore. He's satisfied with Jesus. Do you see why this is so important? Do you see why Jesus was raised from the dead? He had your sin. He had your sickness. He had your poverty. He was paying for you. And he went to hell. But the reason he was pulled out of hell was because God was satisfied. That's why he raised Jesus from the dead. God saw the travail of his soul. And he was satisfied. Therefore. And what's that therefore talking about? He raised Jesus from the dead. That is why you have to know the resurrection. Your sins are not forgiven unless Jesus is resurrected. Your sicknesses are not healed unless Jesus is resurrected. Your prosperity hasn't been accomplished until God raised him from the dead because he was satisfied. Do you know how wonderful that is? All you have to do is put your faith in that. There's where you put your faith. You don't put your faith in your food. You don't put your faith in your boss. You don't put your faith in your husband. You don't put your faith in your wife. You don't put your faith in the church. You don't put your faith in the Ten Commandments. You don't put your faith in Joshua or Matthew or any of them. You put your faith in that God was satisfied with the gospel. There's where your faith goes. That's what you put your faith in. God was satisfied with that crucifixion. God was satisfied with that death. God was satisfied with Jesus paying for you in hell. He was satisfied. There is no more you can do to make God happy. He is satisfied already. The only thing you need to do is put your faith in it and believe it. It's already done. All you have to do is put your faith in that. It's not always the easiest thing. It takes effort. But you can't do that until you have Jesus in your heart. You're not going to get the faith that you need until you are born again. And Jesus said it. A denomination didn't say it. Church didn't say it. A social worker didn't say it. Jesus said it. And he said, you must be born again. And it is simple to be born again. Just pray with me. And you will get the spirit of Jesus in you. And he will give you as a gift the faith you need to walk with him. And all you have to do is say, Jesus, come into my life. Come into my heart. Lead me. Fix me. Be my Lord. And I ask this in your name. Amen.
Thank you for joining Kathy Davidson and the Ministers of Music from Water of Life Church. She would love to hear from you. You may reach her by email at kd at kdwol.com. Or you may write her at Kathy Davidson, Care of Water of Life Church, Post Office Box 861-327, Plano, Texas 75086. You may find her on the internet at www.kdwol.com and on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, God bless. Thank you.